Hi, my name is Ignacio Salazar. I am the CEO of Highfield Resources. We are at a very important milestone right now with, uh, well, fully permitted in Spain and, uh, well, ready to start construction. Hi, guys. Andrew, Matt, Hi, how's it going? Ignacio. It's a, it's, it's a second podcast in a row where we've talked about fertilizers, which, which fertilizers were really exciting a year ago. And, and as Chris said the other day, they're still exciting, just... Yeah, not as exciting as they were, and yeah. so it's good to get good to get somebody on who's actually in the production side of of fertilizers, and so Absolutely. we thought it would be good to get you on because you're a Australian listed company. Absolutely, yeah. Based in Pamplona. Pamplona, in yes. So you could yep. say that you're bullish on fertilizer. <laughs> Uh, no, nobody can say that with more, I guess, uh, reasons than us, no? Uh, running in front of the bush, obviously. That's it. Absolutely. There's a, there's, Absolutely. There's, a lot of, there's a lot of Australians, I think, that make the way across to Pamplona just to participate in the running of the bulls. Yeah, there, so. there are a lot of a lot of foreigners, a lot of yeah. foreigners, Australians, Americans, no, because of Hemingway and all of that. So it is obviously very... Well, I think it's probably the, the main reason Pamplona is known all over the world. And there are other type of bull runs in Spain, but this is the one with the sort of the real bulls uh, and, uh, yeah, very famous because of internationally. You know? and, and before before, so, but before, okay. before we get on oh, and sorry. talk, before we get on talk about Porash, we do have to make a correction. Uh, yep. we, don't, we don't often put out corrections. <laughs> yeah. we, do, we do have to put a correction out from the last podcast. In the last podcast, Matt uh, was arguing that the tomato throwing, La Tomatina, <laughs> was, was in Pamplona. It is not. It's, yeah. it's in a small town near Valencia. Yeah, I have to yes. I'll, I'll apologize to all the listeners that I was I was very adamant and I got it wrong. There yeah. you go, Andrew. So, does that make yeah. you I, satisfied? Yep. No, okay, that was a tough call because I would have been able to say somewhere in the Mediterranean, but is I know uh, it is somewhere there in a in a town in the Mediterranean because they do a tomato war, no? That is yeah. what mm. uh, you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. We didn't we didn't you know, we don't get to that uh, no. uh, to that uh, yeah st those streams simply running in front of the bulls. Just the bulls, a bit more yes. dangerous. So <laughs> right, oh, we'll, well, we'll jump into it. We'll get you to do. We'll get you to explain who Highfield Resources are in a minute, but we'll just jump straight into our psychological test, which is the sixth oh sense. God. Yes, the word association. Word so, association. So, so we're oh, going to give yeah. you okay. six six words, oh and uh, one after the other, and you just give us the first thing that comes into your mind. Absolutely. And oh, I've got a good one. I've got a really good one. Oh uh, wow. And uh, just the first thing that comes into your mind, it can be a sentence yep. or it can be one word. Um, yep. And then we'll go from there. So, Matt, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start with Canadian potash. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Far away, but uh, good. Okay. This is a controversial one. Yeah, no problem. Spain, the Spanish football team's performance against Scotland last week. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Uh, I. I am going to say something. You will be surprised. Scotland. I love it. I love it because they are an specialist in 
boycotting every World Cup and they lose <laughs> against uh, Lithuania or, or Liechtenstein. They beat Brazil after that. So a lot of respect for Scott. I lived in Van Verdeen oh, okay. for almost three years. So I have a lot of... Um, yeah, uh, uh, very fond of uh, of Scotland. Look, 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 we can we can beat Spain, but we can't beat the Faroe Islands. We only play well against the, the top ten teams. You, you will get in a group with Brazil and Liechtenstein and uh, somebody else and beat all the good ones and and lose against the bad ones and. I don't know, probably you go to a party after beating Brazil or something, and then it's harder to <laughs> run around. Well, well, no, well, well done. Well, well the la- the I, last... like, I like a small... I like a small players beating big ones. So and, well, yeah, the la- the last... that's why we are here at Highfield, no? Well, the last time we had a draw against England, they were, celebra- oh, yeah. okay, they were, cel- they were celebrating on the streets. Oh, so. yeah. yeah. We've had it. Yeah. We've had no, it. No, no, no. I know. Okay, I that's, that, that, that's a massive... That. We've had a massive Hoytberg tangent right in the middle of the sixth sense. I'm going to pull Ignacio back to the sixth sense. and that was, t- that was the longest one-word answer. <laughs> <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to really test his love of Scotland now with this third, this third uh, sixth sense. Haggis. Haggis. Yeah, I yeah. like it. We have in Spain um, Morcilla. Was, I don't know if that's similar, it. Similar so dish, it's not yeah. as... as it's not as aggressive, I mean, because of the size of the, you know, stuff that is floating around in the, yeah, in the in the cuisine, uh, in, that, in, the, in the Scottish case. But no, we are not afraid of, of um, you know, blood and, and things like that. No, no problem. Okay, I'm going to get back on to <clears throat> agriculture. The impact of Russia, Belarus on Porash. For us, uh, I think in general, obviously, and globally, a lot, and, and for us, very special. I think we knew the project was strategic before this, but, well, with this happening, a lot more. Environmental considerations for potash mining? Well, always there. Um, in uh, Once again, from our perspective, we are backfilling. We will leave no residues on surface. So uh, I think uh, a leader in that sense, eh? something something that uh, is you haven't seen before. Okay, the last one for me: Crocs footwear. Crocs footwear. Crocs. You know the the Crocs. Oh, they, 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 they. <laughs> don't don't give me Australian uh, slang here because the you know those uh, shoes, no? Yeah, the shoes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, well, fine. They are okay. I, I don't use them, but uh, yeah, okay. open to open to the idea. Yeah, yeah I like uh, it. It's past the black hag- uh, the, ha- the haggis and the, uh, crocs, and the crocs test, so yeah. it's a it's going to be a good guess. I can tell already. Oh, thank you, thank you. Right, right. So, so I think that's the six questions done. Yep, you've, all done. You're 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 psych- you. you're psychologically competent to continue uh, on with the episode. Uh, oh my goodness, that I was, you, yeah, you, you, I was not expecting to get so far in this in, the, in this you, podcast. You, I, next, I, I love it. The next uh, ASX announcement that you make can be uh, CEO Ignacio Salazar. Uh, is considered competent by the team at Watchers. Thank you. I uh, no doubt. It's price sensitive, so price I sensitive think information. people absolutely, absolutely. Did you want to between ourselves? Maybe ten percent rise. Being. Did you want to? <laughs> did, did you want to give us a, a quick rundown? Because it's a, it, it is an uncommon kind of structure. This one, Highfield Resources, is listed on the ASX in Australia. 
the registered offices in Adelaide, I believe, but your kind of functional offices in Pamplona. How did that all all come about? Do you want to give us a quick background for those that don't know uh, what, what yes. who, who Highfield is and what's the purpose of, of the company? Yeah, well, uh, I think um, not uncommon when potentially when you have the the asset uh, far away. Uh, at the end of the day, the um, everybody, all the management, all the executive is here in the office in Pamplona. It is a one asset one country company so we have our market main market and the market right now for us is asx although we have some investors in london that makes a lot of sense from a geographical perspective obviously and probably going forward in the future once we get to production more and more and potentially even north america no as well they are obviously very much into potash and uh, but basically you need to be here in this in this phase and in the next phase, uh, very much this phase was all about, well, probably a big, big uh, point permitting, which is the one that we, I think, happy to to report in the last few days. Uh, as I said, that we are fully permitted in Spain. That is, I mean, many other Australian companies have, have gone through trouble and is, uh, Europe is not easy. And... Uh, and um, sorry, I don't know if it's a bit of noise. And basically, the uh, we have two, three uh, Australian-based non-executive directors, one London-based non-executive directors, but all the executive is based here. Uh, for as I said, is one project, one country so far, and that is where we are putting all the emphasis. And I, I, I was saying the next phase will be all about construction, and obviously you need to be here with the, you know, the hmm. we say the eye of the owner um, makes the cattle it's all about bulls makes the cattle fatter so yeah we have to be we have to be here yes so so the main the main purpose of the whole entity is mining potash in spain yeah right now yes and so how, how long have you guys you've been listed for a couple of years no, 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 no. A couple, not 10, I think it's 10 years or yeah. something. I mean, the, the permitting, and it's, uh, well, uh, we are very, very happy to, to yeah, let's say, move uh, and, and take uh, away from, move from this uh, permitting phase. But this, uh, we the company has been 10 years and on getting all the permit, fully permitted with uh, obviously the environmental permit in 19, 2019, the mining concession 2021, and now there were some uh, urbanistic uh, licenses. Uh, so we are fully fully ready for that. But it has been a long process, and that is not uncommon in in Europe in any case. I've been around only for, well, only myself is the one who has been around for two, two, two and a half years. I arrived here in 2020 in, at the beginning of COVID. Has it that um, that permitting process? Have you noticed, Ignacio, that in say the last few years, because of the the issues we're seeing out of the Black Sea and access to supply of potash out of there, has that meant that um, it's been a little bit uh, pushed forward the permitting process, or or is it, or is it this is about the time that it usually takes to get all well, these kind of things in place? I, I think the, I mean talking about the permitting process, and we on the permitting process we could be talking for hours, no? Because that's obviously where we've been um, just putting a lot of effort, and the company was putting a lot of effort for years, no? But just to get it done, and and by the way, it's not many other projects that uh, get, get to this stage, no? But I think there are several 
if you wish, geopolitical trends here. In, in my mind, um, one that helped at the higher level in the administrations has been the, the geopolitical issue with Russia, Belarus, and Europe realizing, well, not only with potash, but obviously with gas, um, realizing they cannot be so dependent on, I think that is obvious, on well, uh, sources from not not European sources, and especially sources that geopolitically are mm, potentially difficult. Uh, hopefully, hopefully that penny dropped uh, <laughs> after what happened, and that hopefully is going to be and is is being already an, a significant change of policy internally in Europe. I think uh, if you go back before the Russian. Um, war with Ukraine, yeah, yeah, everybody was happy to take gas and potash uh, from all over the place. And, and but well, you, you were, you were no? kind of in Europe. You were kind of considered to be a conspiracy theorist if you said it was a risk relying on Russia. Ah, uh, uh, yes, and, and uh, think, yes. You know, absolutely. Again, and we've seen now that that is the yeah. case. That... I mean, I, I without getting. I mean, it's it's very short sighted. I mean, you wonder. I mean, we are here. Uh, why are we? Here? I mean, is anybody taking responsibility, by the way, of the of that mistake? Or I, I didn't hear anybody raising the hand to say no. I was I was the one saying let's do everything. But uh, you know. But anyway, it's what, easy. What, what's that, what is that all saying, Matt? Success for as many fathers. And and fathers and often. No, that uh, should be. Uh, I mean that that is a major. I mean now, I mean in Europe, people. Oh, let's get gas or potash. So I mean these projects take ten Use. years or more or more. Um, and uh, I mean the way this is presented to the public, it looks like uh, somebody is expecting to get something next month. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not going to be the case, no. And obviously, no responsibility for the decisions, the bad decisions made in the past. Anyway, we well, need we... to look at uh, forward, and we are lucky. We happen to be already ten years in in this phase, so we are pretty close to the um, the construction, as I said. Now, at, um, coming back, Matt, to your S comment, S S just on Sorry. the same on the same, on, on the same sort of point of view. There's a similar discussion within Australia at present in terms I of see. people are are talking about local domestic production of urea and yep. the expectation is we can get urea plants up and running in a year well no it's six <laughs> seven eight nine ten years really from uh, from, yes. from day one it takes time even just to get them yeah sure. i mean in, in the net i mean it's it, it i think it's so obvious that uh, this takes a lot of time if you make it uh, impossible then people don't invest or explore anymore i mean it's time to not only to put the money at work but it's even to explore take the risk get that's nothing gets uh, you get no success try again it, it takes takes a lot of time so but okay long-term decision making probably is not yeah well we uh, are are getting many times it's a lot short term these days but but okay then you pay the consequences of that so all of all that said for high field has proved positive. And I, I have seen, I can say internally, uh, in the higher levels in Spain, people get that. And and people, 
And it's, it's a lot of uh, discussions, but at the end of the day, people get that this is a project in Europe, it's POTAS, um, well, 60% of the demand in Europe was covered by Russian and Belarusian uh, supply of potash. So the fact that we potentially we have one million uh, tons of potash here in Spain, uh, they they get it. That is a very very important, no. And that a lot of support has come from that uh, perspective, no. Apart from that, is is uh, on the other side of that of balancing that sort of uh, headwinds for uh, oh, sorry tailwinds for us is that um, well in, in Europe and in general and in Spain in particular is well sometimes bureaucracy and, and getting the efficiency in the in the process is not necessarily uh, the main objective no is a lot more about making sure that uh, you cover absolutely everything as much as much as possible so you need to play or not play but uh, work around that make sure you get the we we got a lot of support from everybody that is quite exceptional because it's so easy to complain about the mining project in our case was massive uh, support well because at the end of the day people realize this is jobs and this is investment and and even geopolitically you know has a lot of uh, pluses no so that so that permitting phase was it was just last week that it got announced that that has been approved and that's the final stage now that you needed the last hurdle you had to jump over to begin now construction so you the next phase is the construction now of the mine correct 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 so, so it's a, a, a big deal for us because i mean not that the, the license it was an urbanistic license obviously the mining concession is the main permit in mining that we got uh, into in 2020 uh, 2021 but there was because they, we have the mine in one region and in one town this this was going in fact one level down rather than the regions we were talking to the town halls to to get the urbanistic license so you argue well come on an urbanistic license is a should be a straightforward but uh, without the urbanistic is is the license to allow you to Built and construct, and the mine is in one town. We got that uh, last year in 2022, and the plant, the processing plant, uh, is in the other town. So we happen to, well, not in the town, it's in the area that the town owns. I mean, we are happy, uh, lucky to have a very a project that sits in a very, I, I, I cannot think of a better uh, place to to put a mine because it's, it's a flat area, farm all over the place. No sensitive um, environmental areas, but anyway, that was the license uh, that really we need uh, to get us going. So we we can say now we are fully permitted. There will be plenty of of work eh, in the future with local authorities, and we will be constantly monitored and assessed by the authorities. That's fine, but okay, we are now in in a different phase, absolutely. And what's the what's the timeline now, Ignacio, for for that construction phase? Is there a you know is there a non just like how long is it going to be before you start actually rolling out product? So so for the last few months we we've been talking about three what I like to say work streams, no, and and license, licensing or permitting was the one, and and considering the history as well, more uh, well less in our control and more. 
critical no, to get it done. So the other two work streams, as I like to say, and that is well what we have to close now, one is the preparation of the construction as such. In the last few months, we really kept the team well, for a junior company, you have to do that lean and mean to the absolute minimum to keep us through this phase. But obviously preparing ourselves, all the engineering is ready. But we are right now 30 people uh, team here in, in the company, in this office in, in Pamplona. And the construction is a 1,000 people effort. No, obviously with a lot of contract. Just to oh. give you an idea of the sort of... <clears throat> I mean, even to, only just talking about the number of people, the the amount, sort of acceleration and sort of, a, I don't want to say explosion, uh, that we have to, <laughs> to go through, uh, but uh, the sort of effort we have to go through, no? But um, uh, we all of that is very much prepared, but we were holding till now things that need to be reactivated, a relation with the contractors, uh, the mining equipment, um, obviously the people doing the, the construction itself. That's one. And the other one we need to close, it's a big chapter here as well, obviously, with the financing mm. of this project. And uh, so that's we did that's, a lot that's, of... So I was going to ask, like with the yeah, uh, yeah. the last year has obviously seen fertilizer prices skyrocket. We'll, we'll talk about Porash markets in a little bit. Yeah. But there's obviously been a lot more excitement around fertilizers, a bit like we yes. had in 2007, 2008. Yeah. Have you found there's been more investors coming towards you because of the fact that it is an exciting and, yes. and, and fertilizer has been so highly valued over the last 12 months? Yes. Has that increased the, the attractiveness? Yes. I, my, my feel, I mean, I come, come from the oil, gas and, and gold sectors, no? so I'm absolutely well known by everybody and because they are on the newspapers about everything. So coming to POTAS, I, I realize it's, it's a lot a lot less known, obviously, and fertilizers in general, and potash in particular. And I think, but nevertheless, as you say, uh, Andrew, the last uh, few, few months, uh, first of all, the, the price, the situation in Russia. I mean, some of the big companies like BHP making, a, that was a year ago, something like that, a, a, a statement of a strategy change from oil and coal into potash mm. specifically with the project in Canada. So um, I think it's putting potash, especially fertilizers in general, a lot more in the front line and uh, in, in the front pages. Of, uh, Cause, cause we, so a lot, a, a lot more interest, obviously. Because Matt, Matt and I should probably declare our conflict mm -hmm. of interest as well, or, or, or previous conflict of interest, <laughs> and that we were also fertilizer producers. <laughs> yeah. In that we 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 were, I'm not going to say major producers, but we were it's small, we, but uh, small tough. small manure producers within Victoria. Yeah. We had yeah. uh, what six to ten thousand tons of manure per year. Yeah, and, 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 we had a pig. We had a pig farm, and we did we did that <laughs> we did actually genuinely notice a very large uptick in interest in manure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when 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 you're when, when fertilizer price went through the yeah. roof, yeah, yeah, yeah. and partially that was us because we're promoting on a podcast every week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 that was sorry. unavoidable, almost. <laughs> so, so it was, it's, it's chicken and the egg. But, uh, but in terms of potash, yeah, like potash, yeah. you've got basically Russia, Belarus, and then yeah. you've got Canada. That's yes. that's pretty much the lion's share of all the production globally absolutely 
Yeah, and well, Canada first, I think. Canada first, And yeah. then it's Russia and Belarus. You used to be 2020, and I think Canada 30. Uh, so yeah. you are covering, um, well, the bulk of... Uh, the potash market is, well, 70 plus million tons globally, and those three cover the big chunk of the production. And there are not a lot of companies around, no? Um, well, basically, we're talking about... Basically, basically, I all, nutrient is pretty so, much the lion's share. Yes, and, and I like to clarify uh, because, and, and probably for the Australian market, it's important. We are talking about the MOP, the Murid of Potash, no? because most of the projects in Australia are SOP, which is, well, you know, it's a smaller market, 7 million tons uh, globally, and it's okay, it's a different game. But on the MOP, in the Potash MOP market, yes, those three company, uh, countries. <clears throat> Are are and, and and really the price setter to some extent is Canada, is the one that is uh, and and these days even more. No, and so that, so they kind a of, lot they of that. Yeah, they kind of control the market to an extent. Well, the control. They, they, from the point of view, one element again linking to to high field, we get in Europe uh, a premium in terms of prices because mm -hmm. to some extent the alternative and, and these days a lot more and these days Canada. Is supplying a lot in Europe that uh, you, because Europe is not buying with Russia and Belarus, and uh, well, they need to pay the transportation from the middle of nowhere in Canada to Vancouver to around the Pacific to the Panama Channel, blah blah blah. So that and that has been fifty to one hundred dollars per ton, no? Yeah. So very important, uh, well, a very important premium, and, 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 and that is. <clears throat> and so, so with with this production plant, this mine, that's probably about. Two percent, give or take, of global trade. Yes. Give or, uh, give so give one million. Well, we, we are doing now phase one, phase one, which is half a million. So it's, it's a small amount in the global markets, and uh, obviously going to phase two. In my mind, no question about that because it's half of investment to to double production in a few years. No, so as, so, as soon as we risk technically and financially. The project and the company, we do it, and and everything. By the way, the permitting covers both phases, but um, yeah, that that's uh, our mine. Our project makes all the sense in the world because we we are where we are. If we were in Canada, and, 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 and it's probably yeah, that, it's, pro it's probably important for us to sort of explain like to Australian listeners, like especially Australian farmers who are listening to this, in that high field aren't going to be exporting or uh, unlikely. You're going to be exporting potash mm -hmm. to Australia, but that That's doesn't correct. that doesn't really matter because yeah. extra supply on the market on the global market does have mm -hmm. an impact on price, and and the more supply yes. available, the more benefit there are to to Australian farmers or any other farmers around the world. Yes, because what's that old saying, Matt? A rising tide lifts all boats. Oh, lifts all boats. Yeah, exactly. So a rising. Yes, yeah. I'm, full of, I'm full of idioms tonight. There you go. And so the the, <laughs> the, the, the primary market focus for for Highfield will be once you're up and running with with suppliers to supply into the European market uh, to yes. to replace what's been I guess displaced displaced through the sanctions. Is that right? Absolutely. Not necessarily because displacing the sanctions. So very much we happen to be in a farming belt, no, if you want yeah. to call it that way, the north of Spain, south of France, 
very much in Spanish wheat, all sorts of crops. South of France, everybody knows the wine and, and, and so a very, very intensive. I mean, in the mind, the project, you really need to go through farms till you get to the project itself. No. So and, and nowadays is part of the project is already is farm uh, with uh, we have some sheep there uh, now working in our uh, let's say plant area and things like that so very intensive the rest of europe as well which as we said is in deficit uh, and, and very much relying used to be relying on um, russia belarus and now they are bringing the potas from canada which is very inefficient and and very much this is high volume commodity no uh, and uh, so transportation and distance is, is very important and in, that is the key strategic point of high field uh, and that I, I was saying that a bit in the if we were in the middle of russia or the middle of um, canada we probably were too small uh, well not able to compete with everybody else but so, being in the middle of the farming community yeah that that is so, so you're actually deal. so so a big part of it is actually the real local farms like so you'll be directly directly from truck onto farms potentially in absolutely northern Spain. Absolutely. Okay. We really believe in an area of four hundred kilometers around the mine. Mm -hmm. We could put half of the production. Yep. What we are our plans are to do that, and then twenty five percent rest of Europe, twenty five percent potentially into Brazil or other markets to use the southern northern hemisphere. You know, seasonality yeah. in terms of farming. <laughs> And different uh, yeah, different moments through the season, no. But um, and, uh, that is very important to be there in the middle of that that region. Absolutely. And so, yeah. are you finding that like farmers in in the region are, are very supportive of yes, the, of the plant? Yeah, because and, and uh, I mean, if you have a lot of audience coming from the farming community, they they know that the 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 farming uh, community they need the potash when they need the pot. You know, is the weather and this and that. It's not that they they have uh, the luxury of um, uh, you know wait until they need to get it at the right time. So the the service and the flexibility uh, to supply exactly what they need is probably more important that anything else hmm. and uh, the alternatives in this case in southern european regions would be to get uh, russia or canada bringing a very big ship into rotterdam needs to go into smaller ships to go to somewhere else needs to go into trucks uh, through that uh, supply chain a lot can happen uh, you can get delays takes a lot of it's a lot more rigid and a lot uh, slower uh, to 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 service the the customer the end customer no so irrespective of adding supply as you said before that is always obviously going to help is going to be a bit more competition etc is also ability to to supply at the right time and in the right way to to the farmers no yeah and so so with that when when you're up and running at full production there um how much of your production then will be satisfying that european demand do you think in terms of so you know, what as, as i said 75 percent in total that the plan eh? of which 50, 50 out of the 75 will be around the mine gate around the mine yeah yeah and that, but the, in terms of tracking tracking distance from the yep. mine yep and so you but then what you're supplying into Europe that's not 75% of all of Europe's demand though is it there's there's still No 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 the, sorry yeah. 75% of our production of your supply so will Europe, go to Europe yeah Yeah Europe is 7 million 
uh, the demand of Europe is yep. seven million tons, yep. Yep. and a bit more a bit more than half used to be uh, supplied by Russia and Belarus. So, I mean, what we, I mean, the sort of high headline message uh, we sent around when, uh, last year when this uh, situation happened is that we could potentially cover one third of that gap, no, that uh, of the supply that Russia and Belarus uh, supply into Europe. So I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not a mining expert uh, today, but I will be after this podcast. <laughs> um, no, I would have thought if you describe you as mining for compliments, you're pretty good at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm an expert. I'm a polymath in most things, but um, I did read up a bit on potash mining. Yeah, so yeah. potash mining in Canada is done at a really deep level, like yeah. three three kilometers underground. Is that the same in Spain? No, no. So I mean, I said the main, uh, our main uh, strategic advantage, no, is the location. No, that I think that is very clear. And we have another one which is pretty clear as well. Uh, the the second one is that um, the is quite shallow. Our our the mineral is quite shallow. So we will access the mineral at three hundred meters, something like that, three hundred fifty meters from the surface, and and that makes it a lot easier because we will build two ramps coming from the surface mm -hmm. to get to the mineral. And compared to, as you say very well, Canada, 1,000 plus meters depth, uh, then you have to build a shaft, uh, which is a lot more expensive, I think. I, I, I hope I don't, I think it's 1 billion, 2 billion, uh, the cost of one shaft in Janssen. So this is amazing uh, investments that happily we don't need to do no so that is a very second very very important advantage not only is a lot less expensive it's a lot better easier to run and to maintain and and well a lot a lot easier to mine you know when you work with with ramps rather yeah. than shafts obviously and what about the like it's a million tons per year how yeah. how many years is the reserves well we have uh, already booked and announced 30 years. The plan for 30 years is um, 18, a bit more is already reserves, uh, booked as reserves, then it's on resources exploration potential. In potash, well, maybe this is a bit more about mining. There is a bit of this, it's relatively easy to define um, reserves. Mm -hmm. uh, because they are relatively homogeneous, you know, bodies. But uh, you don't want to do it at the stage we are now, because every time you drill a hole, you sanitize, you, you kill, let's say, because potential water infiltration, oh, okay. you killed an area around that drill hole. So you try to do it with the absolute minimum mm -hmm. amount of drill holes to give you, I mean, 30 years, hopefully uh, people <laughs> feel quite uh, nicely about that. And uh, but the potential these mines in Europe, similar mines have been running already for 70, 80 years. So it's, it's, it's compared to other mining eh, and vein mining and things like that, relatively easy to keep expanding. And, and in that sense, um, a, a positive is that it's very long lives, mine lives in these projects. Yeah. What's the um, the outlook now? You said you mentioned before, you know, show about having to increase now the workforce as you start the production phase mm. to a thousand people. What yeah. is is that going to be um, a difficult thing? I mean, in, in parts of uh, obviously you know, mm. parts of the world, labour is is a, is a you know big issue. I know Australia in, in the, both in the agricultural side and in the mining side, 
access to labour has mm. been difficult and the right kind of skilled yeah. labour. Is that equally yeah. um, a challenge now for you going forward? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a challenge from the point of view that 30 to 1,000 is quite a big increase. Now, we have a few advantages here. <clears throat> First of all, it will not be 1,000 high-field employees. Eh? The construction is going to be very much, to be clear, run with contract because it's a temporary effort, two and a half years, and that's it. The operating workforce, we see 500 for phase one, 800 for phase two. So that is what, and that we will have a few years to, to get to that. But the 1,000, the, uh, the advantages we have here, no, number one, and I think it's important, if you are looking at this from the point of view of Australia, the, the labor market in Spain is less, clearly less tight than yeah. uh, you guys there. The, um, there is uh, still unemployment of 12%. Uh, it used to be very, very bad in Spain, 20 plus percent mm. for many years. That is gone, but it still is, is, is important. Construction is a very strong sector in Spain, is with all the European funds, plus a lot of effort. There are very strong construction companies. Uh, mine itself I mean, has quite a history. I mean, not the one uh, Australia has, but it has been quite a bit of operations. And I think we've got, uh, again, because construction will be done with no... A specialized contractors and uh, mostly, um, then we will have, I think, the opportunity to bring people from potentially those that have been working with us in the construction and also the time to build the team properly. But, well, having said that, it's still obviously a big, big jump. And, mm -hmm. uh, well, we will, yeah, we will have to be careful. It's, it's, it's not, uh, we, we are not under the impression that this is going to be a walk on the park or anything like that. It's yeah. going to be obviously <laughs> quite, quite it's, an it's, effort it's, going forward. I know, because I think the Spanish people have got to be careful of thinking that things can be a walk in the park. Um, yes, yes. Because I believe it was last Wednesday that they thought it was going to be a walk in the park when the Spanish Which... team visited Scotland. Never underestimate Scotland. Never underestimate Scotland. Never. That is a mistake many people have done. Absolutely. So I, I, I was going to say I apologize for continuing to bring that up, but. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd, I'd be lying. Please, please, please. <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be a national holiday in Scotland. The the the, the, the time that Scotland well, beats Spain. I think who was this Morocco? No, that beats Spain in the World Cup, and it was yes. I mean, several yeah, national yeah. holidays. I think as a there was a few. There was a few. <laughs> there was a few surprise exits from the World Cup, but look, at least um, at least Spain made it into the World Cup, not like Italy. You know. So. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Well, that is what gold cups are, are good. We can we can make some jokes at the expense of somebody else. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really interesting because like we one of the things that we like about this podcast we we run this podcast as a bit of a hobby, uh, and Great. we we talk to a lot of people throughout agriculture, and a big part of it is is much for us to learn about different things happening within the industry and, and then well done. Well then done. that then that gets passed on to people who are listening and, and it's been really interesting to hear like the, the sort of the, the the challenges that it there are in setting up a a, a sort of a, a mining company effectively it's fertilizer company but it's a mining company effectively it's a mining and, company. And, and i yeah. just i was just wondering like if you look at australia australia people complain about red tape uh, green tape yeah. and yeah. uh I still think Australians don't realize how 
difficult it is in Europe compared to to Australia. Absolutely. And I think that's yeah. going to probably get harder in the future, yeah. not 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 easier. Yeah. Yes. And, it, and yes. it's probably a good lesson for Australians who sort of are saying, "Oh, we need to get fertilizer production in Australia immediately." In mm. that. There's no such thing as immediately. Immediately is probably ten years on any project, mm. unless yep. there was, you know, something forced through quickly. Mm. Uh, mm. With the with the uh, original with the original setup of the company being in an Australian you know start uh, here, was that was that was with a view to do projects in Australia, and then there was a change of mind, or, or was it always set up with the with the decision to go and mine potash in in somewhere like Spain? Yeah, well, this was before my time, but from what I hear, uh, it sounds very familiar, very typical, very typical. So not only high fields, that, that applies to many of these companies. You typically have two geologists no, uh, around. One is a local guy. The other one is sort of local, but basically uh, with links into the market. You always have those two profiles. Uh, one is more of a technically geological geolo geologist uh, and, and, the, we, we, and with, who potentially have an understanding of the local administration and, and have some, for whatever reason, uh, information about uh, older, I mean, the geologists always, sorry, they, 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 there is an old mine and potentially next to it could be another new mine, no? So try to make it as easy. Well, not easy, but not, let's not make it harder than it is. That needs to be. So they, they always start. I used to work in a gold company in South America. There was also two geologists. And again, it was very similar profile. Um, the, the, the second geology that has the link to the market is the geologist um, happened to be Australian and with a link in, he knows, used to know new um, Australian investors. So that is the way it starts. You have one person with a link into the the, the mine and another with a link into the investors because you need the capital, you need the investor, you need the asset, and then you is the team and build the team. Uh, these, uh, tip, these projects tend to, oh, I'm not talking about Highfield now, it's, I think it's a very common trend everywhere. All these projects tend to go through a bit of a bumpy road at the beginning. Well, it could be, wow, massive uh, acceleration and, and everybody's perfect and we are going to get the permits in two days and uh, this is going to be money flowing through our ears for the next uh, 100 years. Well, then people realize, oh my God, this is a disaster and up and down and up and down. Hopefully until, well, if you get to the point where we are now that you get fully permitting, permitted asset and ready to go becomes, hopefully, I, I want to believe, um, I don't want to say more professional, but more structured because you need to deliver according to very specific uh, uh, objectives. And by the way, because you're sitting on, the, on your neck, you have the banks and the investor and the administrations and everybody, and, and that's it. So it's very common very normal. I mean, and when I say Australian geologist, the same with a Canadian geologist, and then the market is Canada, no? Uh, mm. So that typical, very typical structure, no? But okay, a lot of value at the end of the day is destroyed, but a lot of value is made by people taking, I think, very brave uh, stand uh, at different stages. And okay, and the important thing is you get there, no? Which is not but in terms by, of by it, no means is easy. Eh? It's very, very exceptional. In terms of uh, 
in terms of the the average um, Australian farmer, they're listening to this podcast. It's not a given that Highfield is listed in Australia. It's not a bad hedge for them to go and purchase some Highfield shares. And you know, we spoke Andrew quite a few quite a few uh, so episodes. Like, like, like to confirm, this is not financial. Yes, advice. it's not financial <laughs> advice. Go and talk to your um, stockbroker yeah. if you want to find. <laughs> Um, but but I did note, Andrew, when we we had quite a number of um, or maybe when last Mike, year, Mike, year or Michael, so ago. Michael Trant. So M- Michael Trant was an author, and he's wrote yeah. a number of fiction books. Yeah. And almost immediately after he was on this podcast, he became one of the top five selling books in Australia. I was going to refer to there was actually the Lee Creek, oh, uh, Lee Creek. Urea Urea mine. So Lee Creek's mm-hmm. also a listed listed Australian company, and. The, I think the week after the share, CEO of Lee Creek, was, he was, yeah, the share price rallied. And that was right in the thick of when uh, fertiliser pricing globally, or particularly for urea, was, went quite high. And I think there might have been a few farmers that, that took that opportunity to, to buy into something like Lee Creek so they can hedge their exposures. And we might find, Ignacio, that in, in the next few weeks, there could be an increased price rate. You might actually have to put another statement out explaining why the share price has risen so high. You have to say, oh, it's due to our... our uh... when, all, when all the Ag Watchers listeners start piling in on, on you know, getting their hedge set up for uh, for their exposure to potential higher potash prices into the future, they could they can kind of make sure they're, they're you know, covering off on both sides of the market. Mm. Yeah. These companies, I'm talking in general because I... I, I, I <laughs> it, well, it, you need to... Yeah, you you might get very very high reward, but it's high risk, you know, because it will be up and down. Otherwise, you go in in Spain. We say you go Telefonica, no, which used to yeah. be the old uh, the That's old right. grandma used to buy Telefonica shares. You yeah. know, I guess you have some something like that in Australia, or you 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 buy government bonds. But if you want uh, uh, you want uh, thinking about the farmer, no, a small investor, a bit of excitement, and you like. I, I think you need to like. Uh, this sort of business and follow this and it's, it's a lot of fun but it's a lot of uh, stress sometimes no but it's meant to be like that no <laughs> but it must have must have been a bit of champagne corks flying when you got the permits yeah yeah well not 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 much because it's uh, we need to really keep going it's a lot <laughs> to be done but um but that is a massive really really if you think about that i I'd say from two points. One is the company has been 10 years uh, running this process. So obviously many, and, and as I said, probably at the beginning, there were some comments, this is going to happen in half an hour. We are going to get all the permits and didn't really was the case. And it was not, never going to be. So finally we did it. And also because in Spain, I think is, well, I, I am not sure if it's been, I am not aware of any other mine that is is of, of this, uh, this project of this uh, level that is going f- for since quite a while no so it's quite unprecedented no and hopefully that that helps as well the reputation of spain in the in the mining business no of potentially able to do things like this but um no very 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 happy uh, to uh, everybody here in the office very happy to get us to this point yeah well i guess it's probably probably it we've probably covered everything that i think Probably need to be covered, Matt. Unless you've got anything else. No, I don't think so. I think it's uh, yeah, it's been good to have a chat uh, with you, Ignacio, just to see, you know, obviously there was that good news, so it was good timing for us to have you on right after the um, 
the permits uh, finally came through. So, and just to give uh, people an update on on what's you know what's happening both for Highfield, but also just a bit of a cover off on an extension of what we spoke about with Chris last week from CRU and and being able to you know, touch base with what's happening in that potash space has been really good. So, Great. so we look forward to sort of following it over the years. And, Absolutely. And we'll see how it goes. Andre, no, no, pleasure to be with you guys. That I enjoyed a lot the the conversation. Apart from the bit about apart from the bit about <laughs> even 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 the comment about Scotland beating the hell out of Spain. Yeah, let me let me put it. once again. If we if we if we speak in ten years about the uh, Highfield project. I'll still we, be mentioning it. <laughs> do you remember that time in 2023 in March? Absolutely. What's the absolutely. what's the what's the nearest major Spanish team to to um, Pamplona? Would it be Barcelona or? Well, depends who you ask. Uh, you yeah. know, uh, because coming from Bilbao, I have to say it's Athletic Bilbao. No, but okay, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe some people. I'm not sure. Everybody. Anyway, Barcelona, Barcelona, and Madrid both are relatively. Close, well, not close, but mm, not, not yeah. far away from not similar distance. And you have here Pamplona. Well, it's Asuna. It's, uh, we have tomorrow, I think, is semi final cup Athletic Bilbao against Osasuna, is the Pamplona team. So I will okay. keep low profile here in the office. No, nobody <laughs> needs to, 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 to get hurt <laughs> as part of this. <laughs> There we go. All right. Well, no, it was excellent. It was good to have you on and uh, appreciate um, you making time. I'm sure you're a busy man and it was good to to uh, hear about what I feel I have been up to. Thanks for coming on. No, thanks and, to you um, guys. My pleasure. See you when you've got nothing on. Ciao for now. Cheers. Yeah.